So the challenge has been, I've, I put to them, we took two and a half years and I said, all right, guys, let's look at the numbers here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not bad considering like we were brand new. Right. But I used up my Rolodex yeah, yeah. more or less kind of went through it. Now what? So we did some email marketing. We, we dropped it out and we did some podcasting for a couple of things uh some content i try to write my own linkedins and and um we have social and it, it's all there but when i look at the numbers and i go okay if i were my own client what would i say the results aren't there so here's what we're doing we are rebranding repositioning uh, still called that funny agency. I'm, I'm not changing that. You know, we are still powered by humor. We're still in concept who we are, but I brought in even better people to do this job who've done this before. Welcome to the show. I'm Brian Maddox. I'm your host. Um, this is the hard to market podcast. Uh, with me today is Jared Miller. Welcome, Jared. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Jared, if you could give a, you know, deeply awkward interview or a, a introduction of yourself, that would be super helpful. Or you know, just skip the awkward and go with whatever's easiest. No, everything I do is awkward. So this is just Perfect. sort of in, in the in the beginning of it. I'm the CEO of that funny agency. Um, uh, we tried to call it that fucking agency, but you know that that that, that wasn't really you know how we wanted to go with it uh but a lot you know, of competition from the wrong people I suppose. yeah you know, the wrong people but no it's um I, i've been doing digital marketing and websites for god who knows how many years in video production i maybe i started around 2007 ish so 17 years um uh, before that i was an actor um surprising right you know nice. uh, i yeah i uh i wanted to be um uh kind of a character actory guy for a long time and never really found my niche i was doing well but not well enough where when i met my wife we could this could really be something to uh raise a family on and i was just too frustrated with the idea of like not controlling my own fate um being in charge was it's not that i like being the leader per se i just it's it's i'm very hard it's very hard to sort of just tell me what to do without me questioning and coming back with better ideas or or different ideas or things that need to be bounced off of i have an improv background and you know best idea usually wins but you need to be in the room where it happens as they say and and say you know let me throw out a bad idea so that you can jump on it with a better idea and then maybe the best idea will come from that um too many times i've been in rooms where you weren't even allowed to have that voice so i started a sketch comedy group uh and uh oh I, so back to the acting i was at a voiceover and uh there was a glaring grammar error in it um what, what was it um um uh, oh i can what is it? i can it, it i forget which one it is it'll come to me later but they the, the word should have been can't, not can. 
And I kept questioning the guy in the voice room. They were getting furious with me. They're like, just read the copy as it is. I was like, but it's not right. So I was like, I need to be the opposite of what you said. Right. I'll think of it in a second. Everyone will know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, It's like, I can, fuck it. I, I, uh, and I was like, I should be on the other side of this thing. So I wanted to get into production. I did video production. We did uh, did this comedy group called Sketch uh, Stuff Films, where we did online video. We did live action. We did uh, stand-up. I had Ali Wong as a person come in. I had Phoebe Robinson, Freestyle Love Supreme came in, or Chris Sullivan from Freestyle. So we kind of did this like old sort of vaudevillian idea of sketch, improv, um, stand-up, and films all at the same time. And, you know, it was really fun and I loved it. And I had this writer's room and we would get together and make no money. And I think some couple people, my friends gave me a few thousand bucks each just to get shit going. Cause they're like, well, we like what you're doing. Here's, here's some money to go play with, go get a better camera, et cetera. And, uh, the, that, so that, 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 that put a seed in my head to do more in digital and, knowing I always wanted to be again kind of feeling like a King Arthur at the round table rather than a despot or some sort of you know uh awful CEO type that just you know you say CEO and you're like oh god I know exactly what you're talking about you know they are they sociopathic you know right so I never wanted to be that guy and I went into the agency world worked with a couple great mentors, great companies, and then found myself with a client uh, recently out of um, COVID. Uh, I had, uh, uh, they had let go, they were letting go the entire team. Um, Ironically, I'm literally holding the cup from it. So I won't say the name of the company that I used to work for. I'm not saying anything. All right. So they let go the entire retail division. I don't care. Let them sue me. I don't give a fuck. Um, They let go of the entire retail division. And I was like, well, I have a client in hand. Uh, You guys told me to be in retail, but I other verticals. I've been working in education, nonprofit, health and wellness, energy. And they're like, well, how much is the client? I was like, I don't know, 300 to 400,000 is probably the, the contract. Sorry, we only work a million dollars and up uh, clients. <laughs> it's like, really? Okay. So, uh, you, wait, you're letting me go and you don't want this client. Oh, you're letting me go and you don't want this client. Yeah. So, not 30 minutes. I swear to God, this happened 30 minutes after they hung up. My buddy Greg called me, uh, the co-founder of TFA, and he said, hey, I'm thinking of moving out of Bucks County. And I was like, uh, it's time for that funny agency. He goes, it's time? Q2, six years ago, we had talked about this over a couple of uh, bottles of bourbon or so and and thought, you know, we could do sketch comedy for clients and we could do, you know, and I was like, oh, what, like that funny agency, get them on the phone? He's like, that's a great name. We got to get that URL right now. So we did, and we created a really funny logo that was like a, like a hazmat thing, and uh, it was uh, maybe I'll I'll send it to you if you want to 
I don't know if you do graphics on top, it'll show what it looked like. Terrible. But it was, you know, I was like, all right, so we are going to think comedy for clients, right? So comedy videos for clients. And strictly, that's where I was going to go, sketch comedy with it. But as I worked with bigger and bigger agencies um, in Madison Avenue, I noticed some things that were happening that were not... Um, well, they were, they were just never client friendly. They were always company friendly, billing by the hour, uh, and especially over billing, and billing in a way that, as an account director and client partner, I was billing my time. Why? I'm trying to upsell to you, so you're paying for me to upsell to you. And I would, I would be told, I they, they'd say, shut up. You know, the agency, <laughs> that's how we make money. And I go, but you're ruining the relationship. They're not going to catch on. Of course they caught on. They would check, they would question all of my hours. And I had to come back with an hourly report. And, you know, why did they take this long? Why did it take that long? And I said, oh my God, if I ever have my own agency, this has to go. Right. So that funny agency yeah, we're powered by humor, but it's serious digital marketing. And the way we do this is, I thought, wouldn't it be funny if I don't bill by the hour, but I bill by the task? And the tasks are going to be measured by, and I loved agile development, so agile. I can do that with marketing and creative. Why not? Social media for the month. I, I hate uh, John, how much is social media for the month for this client? 12 to 16 hours, you think? Great. So you guys are going to get four story points. So they get four story points and that's it. So if it goes over, this is where it gets to like really hard marketing, right? You have to explain this over and over and over again to, to clients. It's very difficult. But once they get it, 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 they, they can see the value very quickly. If I go over those 16 hours, that's on me. That's on us. We will eat the cost because I told you what this would cost in story points. And if I go under, well, okay, we were efficient. I had already paid. They, they feel good about what they paid for. They're, they agreed this is worth social media. And if I did it in 12 hours and it was great and the, and, the, and it always has to be, by the way, it always has to be tasks that are focused on ROI and ROAS. I'll get to that, but only is focusing on results. Has to, has to. We're not just doing heuristic changes because you told me like Darth Vader, should he, you think Darth Vader should be over here? Why? Tell me why Darth Vader should be over here. Do, does the data back up that Darth Vader should be over here and that's gonna help more conversions, for right. example. So before we move that, let's, strategize let's think about that you might be right and, and if, if that moves over and it becomes a better uh a fit for your, your model it's a great yeah, yeah yeah but i'm not gonna waste your time or story points on things just because you say we should do it and nor should we be wasting them on things we know are not going to move the needle and and if i get it and this is this is the funny part uh, that's all funny but if i figure out that social media actually took 10 hours or 11 hours for the month. I'm going to go back to the team and say, stop charging them for four story points. I want you to go back to them and tell them, 
we were wrong. It only takes three story points. Going forward, you have an extra story point for another task we can do. So am I dumb? Am I like the worst businessman ever in trying to save clients like money at every single chance I can? Because it feels like it it is the exact opposite of almost any agency I've ever worked in. So the irony there, of course, is um, you're, you'll notice it lifetime value of your clients, right? So the lifetime value should be pr right. pretty much forever, so long as you know that ROI or ROIS is great, right? So I, I think there's a, a ton of value in that, and it's not uncommon for businesses, all a fair amount of the businesses that understand the way you know human psychology works, mm -hmm. to move out of um, the direct cash representation right yeah. this is why casinos use casino chips right this is why um you have frequent slaughter miles because they're not dollars anymore and they just spend different and so you know there's tons of value in that approach and i think that's great one of the things that's difficult though it's got to be right is how are you when you're presenting yourself to the market space right so you know, and 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 every everybody I've had on the show, when you ask them where they get their business, you know, it's the universal answer is I get a bunch of it by referral. Um, but the the interesting part is when you actually have to go to market mm -hmm. and and confront those new guys. You talked about it already. There's a fair amount of an education process that you have to go through. How are you? You know, a how are you positioning yourself? It, it sounds like. Um, there's some challenges there from a positioning perspective because your entire competitive sort mm -hmm. of landscape is is just crapping all over the place. And then, you know, on the other side of it, you've got um now that they've come in the front door, you have to explain to them that this front door is unlike the other ones. So you've got these these multiple issues here. So how are you solving that stuff? And we need that answer in 38 seconds. <laughs> There, uh, it starts with your team first. If you if you think you can do it alone, you're a fool. If you're the smartest person in the room, get out of that room. Surround yourself with smarter, uh, wonderful people who have a proven track record. People I've worked with in the past. People I adore. Um, we call ourselves the TFA Avengers. We all have an Avengers name. I'm Captain America for obvious reasons. Um, yeah, I am. Stop person laughing at me Just going, you look anything like Captain America, maybe, maybe Iron Man, but you know what? Chill. That's how I perceive myself. That's not to you, right? It's to the audience. Uh, so everyone gets like an Avengers name. And, um, I chose the TFA Avengers because the them in that scene in the first Avengers movie, they they circle around and you're like, well, who's the most important Avenger in that moment? They all are. And so it starts with putting the right people in place. I've had to make some very hard choices. Unfortunately, my partner and I had to split up. He just he didn't have the time. He he's an executive at a at a different company. He just didn't, he couldn't work in that way. So right. Now I got to kind of, he was taking over operations, finance, and legal. I was like, all right, fuck, I got to do that. I got to figure out how to put those things in and in place. And I was just doing biz dev, and I hired a, 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 my, my VP of client success. Was, she was my former boss. 
um, at uh, another agency. And she's brilliant. She's like the best client partner I've ever worked under. She's my mentor. I'm bringing in marketing people, marketing directors, uh, marketing VPs that I'm still learning from. Every moment, every day, they're teaching something new. And it's the same thing. So my my VP of delivery is is a brilliant PM, but he turned into he has his own uh, development company. So we work with them inside, you know, sort of, you know, everyone. It's like a gig economy. So I've got this, you know, sort of ecosystem of gig, and I'm I'm trying to move everyone to a W two eventually. That's that's the goal, right? I do want to create a cohesion, but we do have it anyway. Right. So the challenge is, man, I I put to them. We took two and a half years, and I said, "All right, guys, let's look at the numbers here." Yeah, yeah. I mean, not bad considering like we were brand new, right? But I used up my Rolodex, yeah, yeah. more or less. Kind of went through it. Now what? So we did some email marketing. We we dropped it out, and we did some podcasting for a couple of things. Uh, some content. I try to write my own LinkedIn's, and and um, we have social and it, it's all there but when i look at the numbers and i go okay if i were my own client what would i say the results aren't there so here's what we're doing we are rebranding repositioning uh still called that funny agency and i'm not changing that you know we are still powered by humor we're still in concept who we are but i brought in even better people to do this job who've done this before uh i shouldn't say better that's not the right way to say it um i'm investing in more experienced team members and committing to them and saying if you build it they will come the field of dreams i know it because we do it for clients our first client we crushed did it phenomenally. Did the month, we call it the monthly meal plan, you know, 25 a month. Great. Redid their site, redid their marketing, all their materials. At the end of the year, we said, look at all the things we completed. Look at all the conversions, measure to your money revenue, 300, 400% increase. No, 670% increasing conversions. Awesome. Guys, we have the model. Proof of concept works. Next big client refused to do the monthly meal plan wanted a scope of work i said okay two of the most evil things in the world are coming scope creep change order worst things you could ever say to a client ever doesn't work if you're in agile methodology if you're doing um, a monthly meal plan with story points it's always flexible you always can pivot you're always able to do yes it's yes and it's improv it's yes and Right. right. We're just the only difference is pushing things down the line as opposed to your priorities. But if you say to me, no, 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 everything is a priority. Well, then we, you got to give more story points. You got to buy more story points. It's just obvious. It's like how many people fit on this boat? Only six. Well, you know, if you need a bigger boat, let's get a bigger boat. Otherwise, wait till the next one comes in, the next boat that comes in. So telling all that, marketing all that, pushing that out, pushing into this new way of saying it and being affable and being humanistic and being um uh even humanistic and human centric right our 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 philosophy is to make digital more human right that's our mission 
as AI comes in, it's fine. We embrace it. You got to use it, but make digital more human. Because AI is looking, the if you look at the search engines, they're looking at FAQs. They're reading FAQs and going, how does a human being ask this question? So you need to have a site and content that answers or or literally matches, how does a human being talk? Dumb it yeah. down a little bit. Maybe be funny. Well, yeah. Or I understand that the context, I mean, it's a ton of its context, right? So with all of this, right? You're not, you know, if you're, if you broke a pipe in your house, you're not going in like typing, you know, what is the rules and regs and code requirements for pipe replacement? You're typing in like, please, holy crap, I'm underwater. How do I stop this crazy thing? <laughs> and so like, when you start down that path, you go, okay, well, you know, business is designed for people. Uh, how can I be the people centric business? And I think it's really interesting because marketers, a lot of times, and I've I've written about this in the past, forget that like yeah, your 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 performance might be great. The search engine robots might say, by the way, you're doing it right, right. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're doing it right. It means you've managed to move needles that the robots say are important. Are you converting? Is it turning into money in, at the end of the machine? And so uh, I think a lot of folks kind of miss that point. And it really, it, there's, a, there's a lot of art there, believe it or not, right? And, and I'm sure you experience this in determining whether or not the needles you've moved are actually the right needles to even look at. I mean, they, 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 people are focused on KPIs that are outdated sometimes and don't make sense. I mean, it, you know, GA4, I think, did a great job with, the, with, with really talking about engagement metrics as being a better indicator than necessarily volume. But yeah, you know, you know, how many new business you had? Who cares how much business you had? Is it quality business that's been on your site long enough and is filling out your forms? I'd rather have 10 people come to my site that were 100% converting and wanted to contact me than 10,000 that didn't. No, no, no. But don't you understand? It's a numbers game. Right. <laughs> Impressions. Impressions. <laughs> if I jam more people in the top of the funnel, eventually they have to come out. Like, right, right. But so many people are going to see it. Okay. Yeah. What people? Yeah. Anybody that tells you sells you exposure is selling you a, a raft of crap. Oh, I think God. that's really the thing, right? Like, and, and, you know, you run into it, particularly if you've got a talent background. Yeah. Oh yeah. We want you to take this gig for free for the exposure. It's the same thing. Like, oh yeah, I can get you, you know, 200,000 views on YouTube. Okay. Are they good views? Oh, well, <laughs> are they in your target market? Are they the right people? You know, and we run into it too in the podcasting space. It's like, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I want I want, you know, I want to be Joe Rogan. Yeah, it, does Joe Rogan's audience represent your ideal client? Like and if that's the case, you know, maybe we can talk about how that might happen, but for the vast majority of the businesses out there, it really just doesn't make sense and you have to you have to determine that. So when somebody comes at you as a potential client and they tell you that the most important thing is the icons are cornflower blue and you're like dude you're just missing the whole story i think that part of the conversation gets very very difficult so how are you 
dealing with that? I mean, you said yeah. you had a client who wanted to kind of go back in time and do it the old way. And you're uh, just like, dude, this is awful. I mean, it cost him an extra $200,000. I mean, it was just like, I, I was like, this should have cost you, it was a big site. Yeah. It should have cost about 200, 250, something like that. It cost like 400 at the end of the day. And okay. I said, you know, you got your story told, but you kept changing your mind three different ways. And you didn't allow the, the flexibility to be built in and to pivot based upon data and, and what you've learned next, right? So one way to avoid that is, and this is something that I do in my hiring practices, bringing on storytellers, um, actors, writers, um, artists, creatives, um, people that have, like love musicians. Like I can't play a single note. And if you heard me sing, I would, it would, it would, people would probably say you ruined music for me. You, you ruined it. So I don't sing. Yeah. Even though they were like, have you ever done a musical theater? I did. I did do, I did a musical theater. I played Chico Marx at a, a New York music film festival. And they were like, but you had to sing in that. I was like, oh no, I mouthed the words. I didn't let my voice come out of that. <laughs> people next to me are like, you're not even singing. Are you? I go, any place that they have me sing, they they better issue torches and or pitchforks <laughs> at the same time. But uh, musicians and write and 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 uh, uh, songwriters are have a, a narrative. They just inherently get the narrative. The okay. out the out uh, the the top funnel, mid funnel, small, and they just get it. So by the end of the song, you are captured. So that you want to go back to stickiness factor, go back and listen to again the best songwriters, right? The best storytellers. I mean, the be uh, a stupid example. I'm reading, I'm doing a, a I'm, I'm still a member of SAG after, proud member of SAG after, and uh, I'm reading, I'm watching the. Um, there's a series of kids, uh, famous actors reading storybooks, and Kristen Bell is, crushes it with this Quackenstein book if you haven't seen it she's so good at it and i've shown like 10 different other ones lily tomlin and paul rudd all these other people and like they keep wanting to go back to kristen bell in the way that she reads it and brings it to a close that's stickiness kristen bell is now able to sell anything to them yeah yeah right in in the next thing that she does you're looking forward to it because you're engaged. So one of the things we look for in, in material for a client, right? It's got to do one of two things. And I've talked about this before, even on other uh, podcasts, but it's, it's there still, are no other podcasts. This is there the are no other podcasts. Exactly. This, there are no other podcasts. We've figured it out. This is the podcast you're looking for. Can you tell I like Star Wars? Man? No, I had no idea. I had a great conversation with J.J. Abrams once, and I said, dude, what did Ryan Johnson do with the with episode eight? He goes, oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. I go, thank you for saving it. And I said, thank you for bringing back the whole concept of Palpatine being resurrected. He talked about in episode three with Darth Plagueis the Wise. He goes, were you in the writer's room with me? I I, I, I swear to you, I almost lost my shit. I was like, I was like, just hire me, please. Please, yeah, right. I'll do anything. I'll, I'll mop the floors. Uh, I'll be a Wookiee. Um, so what was I saying? So uh, uh, the, there's two things that you find in the clickability to get people to convert, right? Two things happen. One, they're compelled. Two, they feel good. 
afterward. There's psychology there. Behind every data point, there's a human being with a finger that says, I want. Yes. And they have to feel good afterwards. They have to feel like they made the right choice afterwards. We just had, a, I just saw the Disneyfication of businesses is brilliant. Uh, Vance Morris was the, uh, uh, I think his name is Vance Morris. Um, to look at it. That was the guy who was reading. It was funny. But he um, talked about sort of the idea of the, the, the continued process from the moment they greet you at Disney to the moment you leave to yeah, everything yeah. in between. It's not just a good, it's not just a commodity. It's not just a service. It's an experience. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that I think a lot of folks really um, don't quite understand. Right. And Chip and Dan Heath wrote a book about it called the power of moments Yeah, uh, a while back. And it's very much the experience you create that's going to deliver the value. Um, and it, I, I think that's where you get the benefit of things like what you're talking about, where it's like, you need to walk in and if you're going to be different, you better be surprisingly different. You have to create the, oh, like that, oh, is the, where all the money is. So that's it. So so the the, the two things are, it, it, when you, you laugh, it's you either have a ha-ha moment because you thought it was funny or clever or it, it, Amazon winky smile. Yeah, yeah. Or you had an epiphany. So it's funny, or I tried to do this. It doesn't work. Funny or epiphany. I, I tried making it work. It, it, I can't figure you out. You can't make it. fetch happen. It can't, it's going <laughs> to happen. It's going to happen. So, uh, uh, so the, if you have an epiphany, yeah. ooh, the next thing that someone says after that is gold. So the mo it's, uh, comedians do this all the time. When they get a big laugh, they, you you you're taught, you wait, because the excitement for what they say next builds to the next level of the next laugh. Then they wait, and you build to the next laugh to a point where it's almost orgasmic, and it crescendos, and then it's um, yeah, yeah, and you get the next and you just looked at that comedian and said, "You gave me satisfaction." Right. It's a rash. Same with the business, same with the brand, same with that. So the challenge, I have to explain this. <laughs> I gotta talk about this and the idea that like guys, we're you're building story point. I mean, you're building a story, could be seven, eight, twelve touch points, whatever the number is then they'll say to convert, but a a path, right, that leads them to a decision where they think they made it for themselves. But all along, you have been encouraging them because they keep appreciating every step along the way so that when they convert, it's the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. And sometimes it's as quick as a blink moment, Malcolm Gladwell, Amazon, I keep buying. Like, I don't even, yeah, I yeah. keep forgetting to go to a website to shop. This is, I know better. But I still do it. I still, yes, it's time to reorder. Oh my God, you're so smart. How did you know? Yeah. And this is exactly what I tell folks, right? When when they come at this conversation, I said, look, the CEO doesn't get a chance because he's a CEO to open all the gum in the checkout lane and figure out what he's going to buy first. Right. They don't they don't have the privilege, right? And so 
all of the human stuff that you think, well, why do I care about branding or packaging or why do I care about it's super important (laughs) all the time forever because we're selling to humans. And so when you're marketing and selling to humans, you have to understand that different imagery, different approaches, different story points, you're, you know, using your vernacular matter. And if you get those right, everybody, including your consumer, is happy at the end. Your bank account increases, the consumer, the customer satisfaction is high. Um, and you can almost uh, write your own ticket at that point. You can, the more you charge, the happier. What do they call it? Price elasticity, right? That's the term because you're, you're, you're charging for the same amount, yet the experience is one that provides the ultimate happiness and delight to you. Um, and an agency relationship should be no different. Yeah, absolutely. No different. So if I got to give, uh, they talked about the gifts that he was talking about. He, he went to, a, uh, he was a carpet cleaning and he, and he would bring no matter what door to door salesman, open the door. Here's a box of cookies and some spot remover. It's just a free gift. Hey, don't make me my card in there. No matter what, you've got this great little product. So I'm coming up with a audit, a version of that, that I can do for clients that's eight to 10 hours. So I'll have my SEO look at, uh, just do it. Like, don't go deep. Just quickly scan. What do you find? UX, UI, quickly scan the site. What do you find? You're doing AD, use accessibility. Go, go check ADA compliance. Go check GT metrics. Go see the page speed. Code guy, go take a look. What are they built on? What do you think is, is slowing them down? Look at look their page speed's done. Yeah. Minify images, JavaScript, whatever it is. Come up with shit they can find on their own. But we're packaging it in a way that is an experience, right? Yeah. So if they if they knew to go on, they bought SEMrush and they said, okay, I want to see how my positioning is in these keywords against other people. And they want to spend the money. Yes, you're not gonna be able to interpret it. It's very hard to interpret. You need a, a, a specialist to learn that. Yeah. However, I can produce very quick reports, right? So maybe I'm charging, maybe I'll, it'll cost me 10 person hours to build out this free audit, right? And hey, that funny audit, you know, we'll call it that, right? So everything's going to have to be that funny. So that funny audit is sent to you and it's not a sale. It is, you can find this information on your own. You need to know where you are in rankings, where you are, if your site could be sued for ADA compliance or GDPR, anything, CCPA, here are things you need to know. In fact, I just joined a BNI group and I'm like, that's my lesson for everyone. I'm my first presentation coming up and I'm like, guys, I'm just going to give you, I'm not selling to you. I'm going to give you what you need to know for your business. That's it. You have to have this information. Just like my the insurance guy said, here's things you need to know, right? A public adjuster, this guy, Ronnie Yellman, great guy, great public adjuster, great friend, new friend. He said, Jared, if you got no cards, go check to see if they, your policy, if you charge the deductible and you were 50% responsible, which I wasn't, by the way, the video, the guy backed up to me in Target, but still, I was my insurance company, whatever, had to pay the $500 deductible. And I said, well, he said, look to see if there's a depreciation of your car in the report, in, in the filed, because that's going to come back. This actually isn't Ronnie's voice, but it's the voice I chose for Ronnie right now. You know, so, so let's just be clear. He's much, you know, but he, I'm going to use this one. Let's look at the car report and see if they actually uh, put it in the Carfax, because if they did, they owe you value 
from the Kelly Blue Book depreciating car value, you get a check for that because you paid your deductible. I didn't know that. Oh, thanks. That's what I want to do. What don't you so know I, you should know? Yeah, and I think when you start talking about that, you know, the giving the gift, and really it's a lot of that is um, uh, it's cheeky, right? It's an edge, right? It's it's how do I get my foot in the door? Um, you know, I put candy in my hand, and then while you're looking at the candy in my hand, my foot's in the door, <laughs> right? And so I think this is where the free offer and you know you, you look at the freemium i think was one of the books um a long time ago about that um there's tons and tons of value in that approach i think the the longer term uh what you find is that in many ways finding a good market for products and services is almost like hitting a bullet in the air with another bullet um it's really really hard to do because you have to find a client who needs what you have that is at a position where they're on a burning platform and need to get off and you're the only person in the area getting all of that together is tough and so the process of curating your clients from that initial kind of uh, toddler stage of understanding of your market space through to you know that full mature ready to make a good you know adult decision um, that takes time and that time and cultivation and how you get folks through that that story is really um really very difficult because you can't just give a toddler the, a report like what you're talking about and expect that they're going to go oh this is better right i mean you got to put it in human terms in fact we're gonna in in my vp marketing was so smart he goes don't put numbers you're gonna have a we're gonna have a picture of the person who did the report and they're gonna write the words out here's what i found in very human terms yeah. so i used to have this digital setup which is a version of it, which would have numbers that they couldn't even understand if they, I couldn't even understand. I'd have to go back to my director of engagement analytics and go, I actually don't know what that means. Time to, what is that image yeah, to yeah. point up? And she's like, oh, that means how long it takes to, he said, then say that. Say how long it takes for your site to load. That's all they need to care. It's all they care, right? Human beings need to be talked to in human being language. Yeah. And marketers, we have the, we have a, such a propensity to use these uh, acronyms, acronym salad, that is you people gloss over and they have no idea, yeah. right? We're not baseball, we're not like in the baseball analytics room mentioning war and, 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 uh, I don't even know some of the other ones. I was like, they don't even know what that war meant. And now I understand it, but like you have to take time to understand. They don't have time for that. Talk to them like, because that's not what they're there for, right? If they're right. coming to you, if they knew what they were talking about when they came to you, if they had all the acronyms at their disposal, Maybe. they would go to somebody and say, hey, just fix this number. Right. And that's not the thing, right? They're fixing, they're coming to you because something's on fire or something hurts or something's, you know, hey. uh, wrong, right? So, um, so Jared, I, I want to make sure that we give everyone a chance to uh, help us uh find out how to connect to you when they want somebody who can help them with their story. I think it's important uh, for folks that don't have it yet to essentially um, know uh, essentially where you are, what you're trying to do. I mean, we, we've got the, that's funny and, you know, insert you know variable here, but tell us a little bit more about how they might get a hold of you and, and what represents a, a, somebody who should reach out. 
I appreciate that. It's always important to know what kind of referrals or what kind of clients one should have. And people tried to ask me, they're like, you really should be in a niche, like figure out your verticals and stay in them. And I'm like, worked on so many. It's really hard for me to to position it down. But we did kind of nail it down. And obviously, I I will always I Jared at thatfunnyagency.com. I'm the first person to talk to. Right. I want to be the first person you talk to. I see some CEOs will put like, you know, barriers in front. No, I'll I'll look at it. If I if I can respond, I may not respond with a very long email back to you, but I'm gonna respond and I'm gonna say yes, no. Let me introduce the right person to speak with, right? Um, or let's I might book a meeting. Let's book a meeting. It's 30 minutes, right on my email, right, right back. Anywhere you can on our site, there's the contact form, you can get right in, thatfunnyagency.com. Um, and if you're looking to work for us, work at thatfunnyagency.com goes to a few different people. Um, yeah, we have contact at thatfunnyagency.com, but if anyone's listening to this, reach out to me. I want to, I want to, I want to speak to you. If you just want to talk, if you have some ideas, if you think about things also in an ADHD world and, and everything is, uh, you're out of the box thinking is just the way you are and you want to do things differently. You want to treat people better. You want to be in a non-toxic environment. You want to work with clients that care about you and, and, and qualifying clients is huge, right? I had to say no to someone recently because I thought they were toxic. And I said, I can't put my team in front of you. I can't. It's just not the right fit. However, we work with health and wellness, nonprofit and education, media and entertainment, uh, uh, e-commerce and retail. And I like to call, you know, there's professional service in the B2B, which I've done a ton, but the I don't have a better term for yet. So maybe someone on the comments will come up with a better term for us that we're going to put in our vertical because we're rebranding the site. It'll be relaunched in, at the end of February. Boring? Like, <laughs> it's like, who needs a little bit of lightness, a little bit of humor? So it's like uh, uh, Delta Star was our, our first client and, and they just need like a little bit of warmth, like just a little bit, you know, as like energy and utilities, manufacturing, right. uh, 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 cyber you know, IT, it's like, you just, just open up a little bit, open up a little bit, like a little bit of humor is going to go a long way. You're not going to offend anyone. I just be need, human. I don't need a full opinion, but at least have 10% of one. <laughs> just, just, just a little nuance, make a Seinfeld reference every once in a while. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you're not going to so, get hate. You're not going to get hate mail. So Jared, uh, as we, as we start the punch out here, uh, there, you know, this is a question I ask everybody. So, uh, you're really special. I'm asking you this question and I've never asked anyone before. Um, what are the three biggest things you learned in your trip so far? Dun, dun, dun. Family first. You have to have your family in your mind first. They are the most important thing in your world. Treat them as such. Be at a place where you can respect that relationship more than anything else. Your spouse, your children, your parents, your sisters, your friends, your the, what you your chosen family and your family you're given. Respect that. Be at a place that understands that. Team. Treat your team like you're 
on the four by 100 relay and you're passing the baton, when you pass the baton, are you passing it as well as you can so that there's no chance they can drop that baton? Don't put it in a position where they're going to drop it and then look at them and say, oh, you dropped the baton. No, you ensure their success. Take care of them. And I'd say the last thing is relationships uh, uh, have to be partnerships. Partnering with other people in your company, partnering with your clients, partnering with uh, vendors, partnering with um, white label, if you're white labeling, whatever, but make partnership important. Make that a, a sacred bond because it'll last so much longer. If a client thinks of you as a partner and not a vendor, you've done everything that we talked about today. Yeah, yeah. You've done everything. And wouldn't that be funny if that were the case all the time? So, Jared, it's been awesome having you on the show. Thank you My so pleasure. much. I think the uh, the insights that you've you've offered here have been been just outrageously valuable. Um, and uh, definitely, as you rebrand and what have you, make sure you keep us updated, and we'll get them back in the show notes. I'm so excited. Thanks, guys. You guys do a great job. Thank you. Hey, you, yes, you, it's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet, or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, we will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks. Thanks.